Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Yeah, we thank God for those, uh, those videos this morning from uh, people that are in friendship and uh, relationship with us. Um, and God, God has done a mighty thing, as, as Tim was saying, the, uh, the, the work both practical, spiritual and relational that's, that's been around uh, bringing um, all that to being, even, uh, even the sense of connecting with a couple in another nation through, through uh, God's holy purposes uh, is just thrilling to see. So keep praying and uh, keep believing that God will do something amazing. Um, this morning we're just going to continue our series, Draw the Circle, which has a, 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 a prayer emphasis to it. And uh, over the next 30 minutes, it's my joy just to share the word. And um, um, with Morgan's help, we'll seek to put some uh, slides up that will help you just go with the flow. Some of you like to take notes, some of you like just to sit back and listen. Some of you sometimes just like to take one shot on your phone, on your phone whatever. Uh, as I said last week, that's an amen from me um, and to me. And so, uh, so please feel free, but we believe in the word of God. We believe it's relevant. Uh, it's, it's such a value in our church. You may uh, have never yet stepped into faith in Jesus. And the fact is that uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that can come through all sorts of different ways, not necessarily a, a preach ministry on a Sunday, but the seed of faith has to drop into our hearts to create faith. And then for those of us that are on a journey, uh, people that have uh, been around the church, uh, have got a journey of faith, uh, have been committing to what we're doing even in recent times. God wants just to speak to you again today and bless you and uh, minister to you. So um, the message this morning lines in beautifully with the first song that Annie and the band led us in, which I'd never heard before, but I really loved. And it's, uh, this morning we're drawing the circle around the whole thought of your kingdom come. So there's uh, the, the, the title and we're going to go straight to the verse which is found in Matthew 6 and verse 10. Uh, so Jesus is teaching on prayer and uh, what he was trying to say was that uh, prayer is not about pomp, it's not about long words. Uh, there were people religiously in those days uh, that were extravagantly and publicly and ostentatiously uh, praying. They wanted everybody else to see that they were praying. Jesus said, no, 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 no. That's not the way to do it. Um, and we understand the power of public prayer, but the primary journey of your prayer life is private. If that's the problem with prayer life, we sometimes just depend on the public gathering. But the private journey is not occasional, it's daily, if at all possible. You may say to me, Phil, I didn't manage to pray on Wednesday this week. It's okay, the kingdom's still gonna carry on, but let's not leave it for weeks and months God wants to be on best friend terms with us. So Jesus is teaching. And then he gives some principles to pray. We often call it the Lord's Prayer. And uh, it's, it's more the people's prayer. And I still love praying this prayer. If I'm out on the road at quarter 10 in the morning, uh, I put the long wave uh, morning service on. I mean, sometimes it can be I, you know, chanting and whatever. But sometimes you'll get a, uh, you know, just a modern songs, but every morning, whoever's leading the 15 minutes on the radio, praise the Lord's Prayer. So if I'm in the car, I'm, I'm speaking it out. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And as it goes on, and right in the heart of this prayer, Jesus teaches, uh, he, he says at the beginning, this then is how you should pray. And right in the heart of it, he says, 
We need to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, when I was at school, which is of course a long time ago, we used to have a morning assembly every morning. Uh, uh, you know, I know it's, it's changed a lot, but every morning we'd be, you know, the headmaster would come and, uh, you know, if, if, if something had gone wrong at the school, he'd be quick to say so, we'd, we'd sing a hymn uh, and then we'd pray the Lord's Prayer. And uh, boys being boys, of course, it got a bit boring and so there were various versions of the Lord's Prayer that would come up with people being clever and uh, in the school I went to in those days, which they could do, we had some quite austere teachers that were all ears and eyes to see who was messing about. And if they caught you, uh, they weren't slow to let you know. Um, so let's forget all of that because I've come to realise increasingly this is a tremendous prayer. And on occasions we speak it out, but it's not meant simply to be parroted out. It's meant to be principles that work in our life. And so in the time this morning, I want just to tease out for you a little bit of what it means to draw the circle in prayer by praying, your kingdom come. I'm enjoying this series. Christian set us off two weeks ago by giving us the big picture of this series and encouraging us to stop, drop and pray 7.14 in the morning from that verse, which he expounded from 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Alongside that, you've got the gift of the book, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Prayer Circle by Mark Batterson. And uh, there's a meaty chapter in there every morning. And uh, we've had seeds, we've had putting on waders, we've had speaking to the mountain, whatever it is. That's, you know, but great meaty truth from a man that has clearly journeyed an absolutely amazing commitment to a prayer life. And we thank God for Mark's gift to the church. And so this morning, your kingdom come. What a subject, massive subject. So I'm going to try and do it justice in the time that we've got. But the reality is I want you to see this morning that the kingdom wants to touch you now. And when it touches you, it will inevitably reach beyond you. And you will find yourself praying for change, for difference and for blessing. We're going to put two pictures up. Morgan, if we could have the first one, please. Now, this is on my office wall. It's a, pic, it's a map of Ilkeston. I told you I like maps, so um, here's a map of Ilkeston. We've got West Allen there, we've got Kirk Allen, we've got Shipley View, we've got Cotmanay, we've got right down to the south of the, of the town, all the, all the gateways into the town. And if you notice, I've drawn a circle around the map. It's on the sort of jagged edges, but just round, it's not, a, it's not an exact circle, but I've encircled the town. So there's the town, Ilkeston. Uh, Tim's been leading us today in this amazing day of expansion. Um, but we thank God for all that's been sown into this place that has allowed us to go. And we must continue, of course, to ask that God will continue to keep pouring into us. This Derbyshire town, right on the Derbyshire-Nottinghamshire border, people often say still, where is it, etc. Well, you know, if you, you know Nottingham, you know Derby, don't you? Well, it's just about equidistant. Oh, right, right, got it, got it, got it. But... Christian and myself and others and, uh, have been praying for a long time that God loves to come to unlikely places. To prove that, he went to Bethlehem. He went to Nazareth. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? So he loves going to unlikely places. We get the cities. We understand the people movement to cities. We need strong uh, churches in the cities. And I believe because we've sown into a town, God's given us a city. Amen. 
and uh, he's going to give us more cities. And so, uh, so this town uh, can be far more than naturally seems. And uh, we're drawing a circle around it. We're praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now the second picture. This is a, a prophetic picture and Richard Kirk, where is Richard? He's right there. Richard, Richard Kirk, uh, I can only honour Richard in terms of you know, what he's done down at the Nottingham campus as well because he understands how our site works and uh, you've done an amazing job, Richard, thank you, uh, alongside other people. Um, but Richard uh, prophetically sometimes gets pictures and uh, for instance, he got a picture which he drew some time ago um, before ever he went near the Clumber Hall and the similarity of the picture that he got of a building that he saw in Nottingham alongside Clumber Hall is breathtaking. Yes. It really is. So here's a picture. It's with Richard's permission that goes back uh, uh, many, many years of a picture he got of God moving in the Midlands and it going down the M1 corridor to impact the city. Yeah. Now, if you've ever lived in London... I know it's a joke, but like most cliches, they're true. They really do think that life ends at Watford. You know, I mean, you know, they really, really, some of you have lived there. You know, everything comes out of there. Everything, you know, but I just feel that this is a picture because ha, ha, God's going to do something in the Midlands. It's not coming from you. It's coming to you. It's an amazing picture. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We'll come back to the pictures at the end. So, um, sadly, the word kingdom has often been misused, mistaught, and uh, misappropriated. And it sometimes created su suspicion and negativity. Kingdom hall. Oh, we don't want to go to that, do we? No, we don't. Um, but... Um, and then people have taught that everything about the kingdom is future. It's like going to be a spaceship dropping from the sky. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to say there is a future purpose to the kingdom. There is a consummation of the kingdom that comes uh, to take place one day. But the beauty is, friends, that the kingdom is now. We pray the kingdom of God will come now. You see... I'm going to be a bit edgy for a moment, forgive me, let it wash over you. But you see, people that are always looking for the kingdom future are the people that are praying that Jesus will beam them up to heaven anytime soon so he can take them out of this terrible place so that they'll avoid tribulation. How about a stain here? And I'll show you why in a moment. And helping the believers and the non-believers that are already in tribulation. It's called persecution in 70 nations across the earth. And I'll tell you, I'll show you at the end of the message, friends, there's so much work to do in the earth yet, we're not going anywhere. We're here to make a difference. We're here to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't care what these people are saying about 2025, friends, God's got it sorted. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We're now finding that in primary school, Kids are suffering from environment fear. I'm not surprised with some of the stuff that's been thrown at them in recent times. And as we've been praying for families, parents, encourage your kids. God's got it sorted. 
And please, I'm not pushing back. I said the other week from the platform, we need to be good environmentalists. We need to respect the earth that God has created. But we're in God's hands. We're in the hands of the King and we bless him for that. So forgive the edge. I'm sorry. I've just got to get out. How I survived as a young believer, some of the nonsense I was taught, I have no idea, but God help me. So principles of prayer. Let me just go to this regarding Jesus and the kingdom. Number one, it was central to his teaching. So I don't have time to read the Bible verses, but for instance, in Mark 1, the very first thing that Jesus did when he came into his public ministry was to say the kingdom of God is near. He came to carry and minister the kingdom of God. It was the burden of his ministry. When the kingdom comes, healings take place. When the kingdom comes, people get set free from the powers of darkness. When the kingdom comes, people are engaged in ministry. And then in Luke 9, and we could go to Matthew 10, of course, as well, Jesus sends out the apostle, apostolic team, the disciples, with a kingdom message to minister to people's lives. So right at the heart of what Jesus says. Now, in drawing prayer circles this morning, around the thought of your kingdom come, I want just briefly to touch on four things. I want you to really get this. I want you to realise that the potential for Arena Church, as it aligns with the church of Jesus Christ, praying these prayers can be a mighty force for God in the earth. You'll know that even in recent times, there's a Your Kingdom Come prayer movement. Just in Archbishop Justin Welby being a catalyst for this in this nation um, that has gathered and come together across nations. In Nottingham, uh, post-Pentecost weekend, there was a crowd in the market square of hundreds that were praying, Your Kingdom Come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Morgan, if we can go to the first point, an explanation of the kingdom. An explain. So, what is this kingdom? Is it a spaceship coming from the earth? Is it sort of all it simply means, friends, is that the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, not a different kingdom, just in Matthew, it was described as the kingdom of heaven because it was primarily to a Jewish mindset originally, and they wouldn't use the word God. Not two kingdoms, but a kingdom. And the kingdom simply means the rule of God. Now, we live in the United Kingdom, a nation. England, Scotland, oh, just at the moment. Anyway, England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. You know, the backstop. (laughs) We don't want to lose our Ulster friends. They're part of our nation of the United Kingdom. And most of them certainly don't want to be anything else, let me tell you. Um, So, that is a territory. We thank God for Patrick and Lucille in France. We've got to sing the Le Marseillais sometime, by the way. You know, I mean, it's what an amazing anthem the French, French anthem is. But that's another nation. It's defined by borders. We go from France into Belgium, from Belgium into Germany, from Germany into Austria, from Austria into Hungary, from Hungary into Romania. How do I know all those things? So I did him in a lorry once to get to Romania. Boom, can you remember, Bob? And um, so, and at that time, there was bought, particularly with Hungary and Romania, not then, in the, not then in the EU, it'd be ours at the border. A new nation 
And these guys love to bring you to the front of the queue and then send you to the back again just to frustrate you. But a nation, we thank God for our nation. We thank God for its amazing sowing of God doing things. That is a realm, a territory. But the word in the original language of the New Testament is the word basileia. It doesn't mean realm, it means rule. It means rule, the kingdom ruling in our lives. And when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're simply praying that, that God's will would be done on earth as it's now being done in heaven. Somebody said this, he says, to pray for the kingdom to come is to pray that the will of God will be actioned in the earth. Now we have a rebel kingdom. It's called the kingdom of darkness. It's built on rebellion. That's why we need to pray. Because when church gets revved up to pray for the kingdom to come, the enemy's saying, well, I'm not going to let him just have a free go with that. I'm laughing this week. We had one or two challenges that came out into the public domain at Balpa with a poor, I'm going to say it from the front, I'm sorry, Christian, with a poor piece of unresearched journalism. Um, but the reality was, I was laughing. It was a don't stop me now moment. We're just getting ready to go. And the enemy's come with his Sambalak, Tobiah and Geesham tactics of it in near my tomb. We're not getting discouraged enemy. We're going this afternoon. Something great's going to happen. We're going to work it through. The kingdom's going to prevail. We're going into Nottingham. I'm reading the Evening Post on Friday. I get it on a Friday. And... Uh, there was a picture that somebody had taken, please don't get offended again, with a rainbow across the, uh, the road, the pavement. Rainbow Street. It's not called Rainbow Street, but that's what it's been renamed. Guess where it is? Hockley. We're going to invade the kingdom. We're going to invade the kingdom of darkness. And the Bible tells us that the kingdom of light overwhelms the kingdom of darkness. That's why you've got to pray. That's why you've got to pray your kingdom come. Number two, briefly, <clears throat> an entrance into the kingdom. So there's a guy who's religious, full of religion, and he comes to Jesus by night. He didn't want to see the other religious people see him going to see Jesus. But he'd watched this Jesus. He realised there was something about him. So he says, Lord, I'm a grown man. He says, well, what do I have to do to you know, sort of get eternal life? And Jesus says, you must be born Again, you must be born again. You must, you've been born of water, now you've got to be born of the Spirit. You must be born again. Now, being born again is not a cliche. I know Volkswagen hijacked it some years ago for a born again car. And then we got people saying, oh yeah, he's a born again Christian. As always there another one. There's only born again Christians. The only way that you can be in the kingdom is to be born into it. You can't be good enough for it. You can't pay for it. You can't be moral enough for it. You can't do enough good works for it. You can only be born into it. So there's only one type of Christian, a born again one. It's not a cliche, it's a truth. It's the entry point to the kingdom. And in Luke 17, 21, in the King James Version, he says the kingdom of God is in you. It's in you. One of the things that happens when we become born again is that the rule of God starts to invade our lives because the kingdom comes. Now, being born again, why do I need to be born again? Please, this morning, it's because you're dead. Dead? Yeah. 
Not dead physically, dead spiritually, dead inside. Talking to David yesterday as we were driving down just to a a leaders conference about the fact is, I'm telling you, all the things of this world will never give you what you want. If you've got lots of money, you'll want some more. If you've got the latest thing, you'll want the other one because there's something inside of you that can only be satisfied by God. That can only bring you from death inside to life. That's why you need to be... And what does it mean? Well, what it means is the theological word is regeneration. Or in the older versions of the Bible, it says he's quickened us. He's made us alive in God. That's what it means. And remember, when you first came to church and you weren't a Christian, well, what's all this, you know, and singing. And then God got you. God got you. And you came alive on the inside. You were dead, but you came. That's what being born again is. The Bible says in Colossians 1.13 that he has transferred or rescued or translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light or of the kingdom of his own dear son. When you became a Christian, a transfer took place. Now these transfer fees that are happening in modern sport are absolutely ridiculous. I mean, how can a footballer be worth 72 million pounds? Well, he can't, but it's just the market. And in American sports, of course, it's even worse. Let me say without sounding frivolous this morning, friends, when you were transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, if you step in this morning and say, Phil, I want to be a follower of Jesus, I want to be born again, the transfer fee could not be put down to millions of pounds. But Jesus Christ, God himself, came to this earth and died on a cross and shed his blood on that cross as a perfect sacrifice and rose the third day. You can't put a price on it, but he paid the price that you could come into the kingdom of light. When do you need to be born again? You need to be born again now. You need to be born again now. Say, well, I'll do it next week. The Bible says you can't even boast of tomorrow. And let me tell you, there are things that have come across Christian and my path on it, numbers of occasions that show to us the frailty of life. The frailty of life. Sharon used to have a brother, Peter. I'll, I'll, I'll become a Christian when I retire. He didn't. I'll become a Christian when I've paid the mortgage off. He didn't. I'll become a Christian when I'm 70. He didn't. I went to his funeral. I'm glad she didn't come. It was soulless. He never made the decision. He never made the decision. Where, where you can get saved in a church building. This is a church building, by the way. It's registered. It doesn't look like one. There's all sorts of folks coming through in the week teaching on health and safety and first aid. It's a church. Because people have gathered this morning that love Jesus Christ. And Tim reminded us of the power of that. So, great place to get be born again. But people have got saved on the way to work, praying. They've got saved at the side of the bed at night, at the end of the day. They've got saved walking in the open air. Anyway, you get saved, be born again. And who needs to be born again? Everybody does. And why are we doing what we're doing over this next season? Because God's not willing that any should perish. And we align with the body of Christ and the church that's already in all of these situations. We just want to be another house of light that gives opportunity for people to come from darkness and find Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. Number three, the expression of the kingdom. Oh, this is where the rubber hits the road. Because in Matthew 5, 6 and 7, Jesus teaches on the Sermon on the Mount. 
And what happened was that the people were oppressed by the Roman government, they were oppressed by taxes, they were oppressed by rigid laws, they were oppressed by religion that was bowing them down, that had gone somewhere that God never intended. And so they looked upon Jesus when he announced his arrival in ministry as the political liberator to change the kingdom of Israel. It didn't work like that. He says, I've come to talk about another kingdom. It's not a kingdom regarding realm, it's a kingdom regarding rule. One of the most iconic teaching series we ever did in this church was Raising the Bar. It's going back now probably 10 years. And every week we had a high, high jump bar here because we taught week by week on the Sermon on the Mount. Interestingly, the high jump record is still intact. You show what a great record it was. Eight feet and a quarter of an inch, 1993, by a Cuban called Javier Sotomayor. Now, I'm five foot ten and a half, so whoa, you know, we... And uh, you can see what a good world record it was because nobody can break it. And the point was that Jesus wants to dig deep in our lives regarding living the kingdom. Because living the kingdom is not just about birth, salvation, it's about, it's about submission and therefore growth. When we become Christians, we invite Jesus to be our saviour, to forgive us of all the things that we've done wrong. But we also invite him to come and rule in our lives. And that sets us off on a journey. We won't be perfect straight away, but he'll continually be working in our lives to perfect the faith that he started in us. And I'm on a journey still, and the leadership team around this church are, we all are. And here's where Jesus raises the bar, because on a number of occasions in these verses, he said, you have heard it said, but I say unto you. And so he talked about priority. Seek first the kingdom of God. He talked about purity, integrity, fidelity, empathy, humility, receptivity, persistency, and sensitivity. They're all there. They're all there. We must do that series again, Christians, sometime. They're all there. The expression of the kingdom. Listen, when you go on the building site tomorrow, when you're driving the white van, when you're in that medical context, when you're teaching, when you're doing the school run, when you're walking in the shop, when you're mopping the floors, when you're doing the accounts, when you're running that company, when you take that, this is the power of it, it inevitably washes on people without them almost realising it. And I'm telling you, in the integrity and blessing of your life, people go away from your workplace saying there's something about that guy at our workplace, I don't know what it is, but there's something about him that's different. It's the kingdom. When you tend to somebody at a bed in the hospital with what you bring, they're not going to be able to articulate it, but they'll feel the kingdom of God come in that moment because the rule of Jesus just washes over them by what you carry. And people say to us at times, and Christian and me have to face this down so often, all you're bothered about is Sunday church, all you're bothered about is getting people to come. No, what we're bothered about, friends, is building people upon a Sunday so that they take the kingdom on a Monday into your spheres of influence that we won't meet. I'm telling you, it's happening far more than you realise. Far more than you realise. And you just got to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. Finally, number four, the expansion of the kingdom. 
And Psalm 145 says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. So the kingdom is now, but it's not in fullness. It's present, but it's also future. It was fulfilled in Jesus at his first coming. It will be finished by Jesus at his second coming. Then we'll have all the beauties, all the finalities, all the brilliance of the eternal kingdom forever. Let me tell you, friends, the eternal kingdom's not gonna be boring. You're not gonna get bored. You're not gonna be playing a harp 24-7. You're gonna be in a winsome, incredible, beautiful community of God where his rule and reign knows no ends. And we've got a foretaste of it now. And sometimes we feel the frustrations of only a foretaste because we battle in certain areas and maybe sometimes it doesn't seem to happen as we'd like. But one day, but one day. But as we pray into this, friends, the potential for us to have some wins now is amazing. And for us to understand that God wants to do something. George E. Ladd, a great teacher, says that the church is the witnesses to the kingdom It's the instrument of the kingdom and it's the custodians of the kingdom. So back to the pictures as we close, uh, Morgan. So there's our town. And we're right in there. I probably should have put a cross. 1 Rutland Street, D7, 8DG. Right here, right now. And of course, because we're a relational church, because we are... Uh, a church that reaches out always beyond itself. God has drawn people from outside the town to our church as well, which is brilliant. We've got the A610 uh, uh, just going up there. We, we, we have people just coming in from, from Hena, from, from the north reaches of Nottingham. Uh, we have people coming across from places like Spondon and Kimberley and etc. It's, it's just part of the grace of the church. Um, but how about in this stop, drop and pray season thinking about that map and simply praying your kingdom come your will be done in Ilkeston as it is in heaven I wonder if the police force will feel the impact of that I wonder if school teachers wrestling with an unruly class tomorrow will feel the impact of that I wonder if lonely people that feel as though they've got nobody to turn to will feel the impact of that I wonder if as the seniors gather next Friday for our harvest festival here at two o'clock, they'll feel the impact of that. Your kingdom, your rule, Lord, come on earth, right where we live as it is in heaven. And then the prophetic picture of Richard. You don't need me to tell you that our nation needs God. It needs God. And I want you to be encouraged because under the, under the surface, friends, people are praying. People are praying. And uh, we weigh that word. We judge it. It's a word of many years ago, way before uh, Richard would have heard the language of the M1 corridor or anything like that. But Lord, we pray that you'll do an amazing work in the Midlands. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. As it, we pray that it'll gush down the M1 south it will hit our capital city, Lord. There'll be amazing things taking place in these days because of the rule of God. And as I close, here's just five things to think about in terms of you praying that prayer. Pray over your family. We touched on it last week. Pray over the locality. Pray over your spheres of influence. I've tried to allude to some of them this morning in terms of medicine and education and transport and management and accounting and neighbouring. All of those things, 
those people that are in your world, your kingdom come, your will be done. Pray over our nation and pray over the nations. Now then, let me just give you this. Joshua Project, it's an American missions organisation. I I don't have time to articulate it this morning, but they do an incredible amount of research work about people groups. And in the earth, it's estimated that there are around about 17,000 people groups. And it's also estimated that still today, in 2019, there are just over 7,000 unreached people groups. That is, they don't have scripture in their vernacular, in their hands, and they don't have what would be called a gathered community in that situation. Those of you who are good at maths, that's 41% of the world still to be reached. My Bible says in Matthew 24, 14, that, um, that if all, uh, all nations shall hear the gospel of the kingdom, and then the end will come. The word for nation there is ethnos, all unreached people groups. I'm sorry, friends, we're not going anywhere. We're here to make a difference. We're here over the next five to 10 years for young people in Arena Church to hear the call to go to other nations. We're here to pray. We're here to bless. We're here to give. We're here to be merciful. We're here to express the kingdom because there are many people in the earth yet that haven't had the privilege we've had of hearing what it means to be born again. Your kingdom come your will be done. Then one day, which only God knows, Jesus Christ is going to come again to this earth and he's going to gather up all that he's done over the history of time and the kingdom will go on and will go on and will go on. We used to sing a song some years ago. It says, Sovereign Lord, we look for your rule in the earth. Establish your own dominion, let your kingdom come, your will be done. What a prayer.